Welcome to the Frequency 49 Show. I'm Paul MacDonald, alongside Deepak Gohill, Kev Nalen, Kath Victorino, and Rob Newell. Hello to you all. Hello. Hello. Good evening, everybody. It's great to be back after a couple of weeks off with uh, illness and then internet woes. So um, what we're going to do, we're going to get straight into the show. Um, Coming up, we are going to look at the last game that the 49ers played against the Atlanta Falcons. We're also going to preview the upcoming Christmas Eve game against the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know how many times I practiced this and kept on saying St. Louis Rams every time, but it's not. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Kev's also got a pick six update as well. That is all to come. However... I want to start the show slightly different this week because something came up a couple of weeks ago that it needs uh, it needs bringing to attention. You know how about three or four weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, we learned how a good friend of ours, Martin Hughes, likes to listen to the show naked. Hi, Martin. <laughs> well, I don't know whether we're going to make a feature of this where we start outing the different <laughs> listeners on how they listen to the show because a group of us up here in the northwest of England went out for a few drinks um, a couple of weekends ago and another story came out about how somebody listens to the show and it involves our own Mr. Statistician himself, Mark Lyon, who I've found out doesn't listen to the show like normal people. Instead, he listens to the show on double speed. Now, what this means is that while the rest of you are listening to the show like this, welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald, alongside Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Mark Lyon listens to the show like this. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald, alongside Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Now, the issue that I have with this is that we all sound like (laughs) squeaky-voiced rodents. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, squeaky-voiced rodents. Now, if I wanted to sound like a squeaky-voiced rodent, I'd change my name to Trent Balky, should we say. <laughs> but there we go. Mark Lyon, he likes to listen to the show in double speed. Just to be different. Who knew? Anyway, should we get on with the show properly now? Yes, let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, Sunday gone, the 49ers went down to Atlanta to the Georgia Dome to play the Atlanta Falcons. We all know how it went. It was the same story, the same problems, the same issues. We're basically going to say the same things, aren't we here, Deepak? Pretty much. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to say the same thing. (laughs) Can't can't add more than that, you know, because this is a... a hard season it's almost over and um and i think for the most part you know the, the only hope that we we've now got is that it can't ever be worse than this you know so by default we we have to be better we will be better you know and this football is so cyclical that nothing like this ever lasts forever we will have glory we will have championships we will have winning we're going to have all of those things in the future but for now this is what it is, and we have to we Just have to accept it and mm. and stay true. Stats wise, Kaepernick was twenty of thirty three, one hundred and eighty three yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions this time. Um, Hyde had a fairly mediocre game, thirteen for seventy one yards, 
Uh, on the receiving side, um, Bell had one reception for 45 yards. But then, I mean, Curley, Curley was almost anonymous in the game, 28 yards in total. Kev, do you want to come in on this one? And say what? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, yeah, say, so, um, yeah, we struggled to get any yardage um, against a not particularly good defence. Um, basically, some of the play calling is just what the actual beat bulky is going on. Um, and I think it's showing more and more that Chip's just not up to the job. Mm. There's certain coaches, isn't there, that's suited only to the college game. Um, even if we look at Jim Harbour to an extent, he's been much more successful in college than he was overall in the NFL. Um, Nick Saban, again, another one that he came and tried the NFL, didn't he? And didn't have any success at all. Chip Kelly's system works in college football, doesn't it? It's, it's just not working in the NFL. The experiment has gone wrong. I think with Chip Kelly, it's he's trying to squeeze the pegs into his own holes, if you see what I mean. Yeah, he, square he, pegs, round holes. D- yeah, he hasn't clearly got the players to do what he wants to do, but he still insists that his way is the only way to do it. Now, to me, that's a fundamental absolute error of a coach to not best utilize the players that he's got in order to help you win you know so he keeps doing what he keeps doing thinking that we're going to get better and we're not he has to coach the players with what he's got rather than the system that he's got so therefore his talent management skills are absolute zero and as a football coach he's a failure uh i i gave kelly a, a free ride for much of this season but i think you know, he, he's definitely accountable for, for this in some ways. And look, it's not a coincidence that nobody wanted him when we appointed him mm. as coach. Um, nobody wanted to go near him. He, he came with a lot of baggage. Um, people in Philadelphia couldn't actually believe that he got re-employed in the league. So he's our coach. And uh, when we this time last year, we were talking about Jimmy Tomsula, yeah. you know, and, oh, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. Let me let me ask the question to you guys. Which of those two would you have as your head coach? Right now, I'd have to say Tom Sula. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All things forget right now, but all things being equal, I would have still picked. I would have still stayed with Tom Sula mm. than had this this guy. Rob coming on this one. Um the Jags notably on was it Monday I think? They sacked their head coach Gus Bradley um after he's had a really poor season. The 49ers still haven't pulled the trigger and got rid of our head coach, got rid of our general manager. There is talk of Trent Balky going to Denver. Where this rumour has come from, I don't know. What are your thoughts on any of that, Rob? I think that rumour has come from Trent Balky. Exactly. If I'm honest. Yeah. Is this, is no this basically just him shopping himself? And if he wants to go to Denver and destroy them, that's great. I think he knows what's coming. Um, look at John Elway's got a reputation as one of the better football minds in the league, mm. alongside well, Oddie Newsom, etc. And there's no way Elway's going to take Bulky on. I mean, he's, he's diddled him pretty badly last year with the 
the Kaepernick thing to Denver, and Elway got his way there. Elway will get his way again. Mm. But this is a story that's come from Trent Bulky's people, as far as I'm concerned. The writing's on the wall. He can see it. Mm. <clears throat> He's trying to get out. So why do, you th- why do you think it is that the management in Jacksonville can make the decision to fire Gus Bradley, yet we can't make the decision to fire Chip Kelly? Is it simply that Chip Kelly's contract is going to be so expensive to get out of? Or is it just that, I don't know, the, the front office doesn't have any balls? I think it's the case of which way you're going to do it. In those other situations, you've like the Rams have sacked Jeff Fisher. Mm. You mentioned Bradley and Jackson. Well, there's a GM in place there who's staying put in San Francisco. I think Deepak made the point last week as well. The, everything's up for grabs here. Yeah, Chip yeah. Kelly's got to go, but Trent Bulky's got to go, and we've got to do this right. If we bring a coach in first, and then and we got a, a lame coach with somebody else's or someone else's coach as the GM, and that person's going to not work well. And then we got to do this the right way around. I mean, we got to fire Balky first, and I think it's going to be a job lot on Black Monday now. So it's it's a situation that the Forty ers problem is that it's much more complicated than the situation was in Jacksonville. Then is that what you're saying? I think so. I mean, Dave Caldwell in Jacksonville is safe. Yeah. Let's need in the Rams, maybe. And so you've got a GM who can go and find their man. But if Balky goes and finds another coach, if we fire Kelly now, which would make him the first coach to be fired two years in a row without completing the season, I think. Mm. If we were to do that, then um, then we've got another head coach. That search for the new coach looking for a man or being, being led by a man is also about to lose his job. Although if Gus Bradley's available, I wouldn't mind him as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, a couple of people have mentioned that um, on the Frequency 49 show group. I don't know enough about Gus Bradley to say whether I would think that was a good shout or a bad shout. Um, but there's there's much more knowledgeable people than me in the Frequency 49 show group and around Facebook. Um, Kat, what are your thoughts on... What we can do next? What the what the forty nine what the 49ers can do next? What they should do, or what they will probably do? Because I'm okay, really we'll, feeling well. Give discouraged. us both. Give give us both then. Well, really, what they should do, and they need to get they got to get rid of Balky. We've been saying that. We've been saying you know Jed should really just write the checks and stay out of it. They need to get a GM in place who knows football, who knows talent, who is not afraid to write the checks for free agency, is not afraid to draft, you know, risky picks occasionally. Um, and But also balance that with the solid draft, too, you mm. know. You need the base. You need the good offensive linemen. You need the good defensive linemen. But you also need that that playmaker, you know. And obviously, we need a quarterback. So it's really got to start from the top down. And I'm just so afraid. And I think it's just because I'm so disgusted in this season that it's just going to be business as usual. That's oh, that's a horrible thought, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to too much sports talk radio around here, and 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 really, the 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 
hosts of the radio shows are just so disgusted with mm. what's going on in Santa Clara right now. And it's such a dysfunctional family right now that you just you want to walk away from it. But it's also like a train wreck. You can't help but watch. Yeah. One thing I want to throw into the mix. Um, it's a story that I saw a couple of days ago that was discussed, but I don't think anybody actually brought up what I was thinking about it. It was the story that the Yorks have come out and said that they will not take pa- they will not take the power from Jed York. What they didn't say was Jed York will still be there. What are the possibilities of Jed York actually standing down voluntarily and letting none. somebody else run the 49ers? None. Zero. Yeah, slim to none. Uh-uh. That's that's his dream. I mean, he's wanted that since he was a kid. Mm. Yeah, and he said as much in his only public statement in almost twenty-four months that he has absolutely no intention of stepping down. Of how he's going to make sure that we're winning with class, and how he's going to be personally responsible if we do not win a Super Bowl. You know, his words, not mine. Yeah, he actually right. said that. But how long so, ago was that statement? And now we've got a CEO. Who is who has presided over quite possibly one of the worst periods in 49ers history? Eve York made that statement just as last season yeah. ended, I believe. So, so, you know, so you're looking season. at 12 months ago, or, or almost 12 months ago, and we've had a worse season following that statement than we had before it. Surely, if Jed York is that much of a fan of the 49ers as we are led to believe he is, surely even he can see the damage that he's doing to the franchise. Otherwise, if you know, if he can't see that, then the only thing he's got to be looking at is the numbers in the checkbook. In which case he's not he's simply not a fan of the 49ers. And I think that's it. I think he really, it's the almighty dollar that drives him more than anything else because that's all he's ever known. Mm. You know, he's, he's, he raised in a very privileged family and to be around, yeah, it was great that he grew up around the Niners and Montana and Young and Rice and, you know, all of that. And so I can see why it's so desirable for him, but clearly there's a lack of accountability. The man has not proven to me as a fan that he really does care about this team and about his fans or well the team's fans and and what's going on what he's proved to me is that he cares that he got his nice pretty stadium and you know he's selling $15 beers and $20 burgers and you know he's living the high life mm. sorry I'll get off there is soapbox. um no I think there, there might be another way of looking at it um, I think Kat touched upon it when she said he's from a privileged background. Maybe, just maybe in Jed's mind, because let's let's turn the tables a little bit, because he is such a huge fan as well as the owner, uh, because he loves the organization so much, he, he in his own mind thinks that this is the very best that anybody can do, so therefore it's not my fault. You know, nobody else could do any better than I'm doing, which means that he, his view and perspective is so narrow and bereft of any peripheral vision, he thinks that only he can save the 49ers, and if he can't do it, nobody else can either, you know, which is maybe why he won't step down. Um, but either way, you know, we, we've we always screamed for, 
for a new owner, we screamed for a new GM, we had a go, we want to get rid of Parag Marate, we want to get rid of Jed York. But really and truly, I think the level is the one above that one too, which mm. is the Yorks. The entire family needs to sell the club and just invest in a polo club or a hockey team or a baseball <laughs> team. Who cares? A race car driver, you know, whichever. Yeah, yeah, you know, or whatever. Just stay away from, from football. Let Just sell it to somebody who has the financial respect, the 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 nous, the business skills yeah. to make make this work, make this successful. And I think one of the legacies of the York's ownership so far has been their lack, complete lack of listening to what the fans want. You know, they've never listened to what the fans want. They don't consult the fans, which is their right. It's their business. It's yeah. their toy. Yeah. But I think their ultimate downfall will be the curse in Denham Valley. That, that stadium will be the one thing that will be their, their downfall. Mm. That stadium is definitely going to be the end of the Orcs. And the, maybe even the 49ers. We might get relocated to somewhere, you know. We could end up being in, I don't know, Delaware or somewhere, you know. It could be catastrophe. We could end up being a franchise that just isn't forgotten about completely. Mm. These are real possibilities. I was just going to add, you know, I think we would be okay with the Yorks keeping the club if they would actually get people in place to manage the club appropriately. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. I was going to add to that as well, similar vein. I mean, there's been history in the league of other owners who have been doing a very poor job a long time, like, say, Jerry Jones in Dallas. Mm. But if you suddenly surround them with the right people, and you can curb some of the excesses of or mindsets, then things can turn around. Yeah, yeah. The, it may be unlikely, but... <laughs> the question came up about, I think it was about two months ago. I can't remember who asked it on the group, but the question was, can the NFL force the Yorks to sell the 49ers? Now, my understanding is that the NFL itself can't. The, it's the other owners that have the power, the other 31 team owners. And they can force the 49 they can force the Yorks to sell the 49ers, but they don't need to. There's, there was a situation in basketball, wasn't there, where one of the owners, I think, was it the Golden State Warriors? Um, that was the Clippers. The, oh, it was the Clippers, that's right. Yeah, where the Clippers. They, yeah. They, Clippers. No. yeah they, they didn't just bring the team into dispute, they brought the entire league into dispute with what was going on. So, in that situation, it was beneficial to force the owner to sell the team. In our situation, all it is is the 49ers are crap. Now, if the 49ers are crap, that's beneficial to every other NFL franchise because it's an easy win. So, there's, although the owners have the, the power to force the Yorks to sell the 49ers, no one in their right minds would. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't think the owners will compel the the, the 49 sell ownership just because they stink. Yeah. You know, I think if the Yorks, if he did something a bit like Eddie D did, you know, exactly. naughty, yeah. then, uh, you know, if, if there's a savvy journalist out there who could find and dig up some dirt and say, well, hang on, what was all this about? And that could bring 
the name and the sport into disrepute. That could kick them out. Mm. But by all accounts, Jed York is not an unpopular owner amongst owners. They don't hate him. You know, they seem to to like him quite a lot. And probably because he lets them win every time <laughs> they play us. Yeah. <laughs> He's very accommodating when they all turn up at the stadium wanting a win. Yeah, it looks like it. But I think that stadium is the beginning of the end um, for the Yorks. And it could even be the beginning of the end of the entire franchise if this this doesn't stop, you know. Because I, it's clear to me that, you know, whatever's at the top will eventually filter down onto the field. And the players themselves aren't really concerned with losing anymore. They don't look as... They don't look hurt. They don't look shattered. They don't look broken. You know, Kaepernick goes on record for saying we need to adopt a, a culture of winning here. I mean, wow. Mm. For him to say something like that? Uh, no. You know, winning is something that's so detached from the mindset of everybody associated with a club right now. And, you know, it, I, I think the, the poison comes from the very, very upper echelons of who's running this, this organization. And until they go, it's still going to be the same. I think Get that would make a lot more sense or have a lot more strength coming from Kaepernick if he wasn't in the position of voiding his contract and wanting out. Yeah, exactly. You know, when he says that, then you know that, well, hang on. You know. Well, now that we've done an in-depth analysis on the Falcons game, <laughs> <laughs> there, really, there really is nothing more to say. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the research packet that Mark Lyon prepped for us. And every single stat in it is depressing. Um, I don't think there's a positive one in there at all. And it wasn't a positive game in any way, was it? I mean, the 49ers went down 21 points in what felt like five minutes. Um, And from that, they were always on the back foot, weren't they? And this was... I mean, I don't know how many people watched the game in its entirety. I did because it was car crash TV, basically. But... There was just nothing there, was there? No fight either. No. You know, there were, we got a couple of touchdowns, but whoopee, you know. And as Kev said, it's against a team with a really bad defence. Mm. Uh, could have been an opportunity for us to at least score more, you know, or do something more, show a little bit more on the offence, be a bit more creative. But we've done this um, We've done this all season, haven't we? Was it Buffalo that we went into? And they had a, a fairly mediocre defense, and they destroyed us again. It's the legacy of Chip Kelly, you know, third and twelve or third and fifteen, run it up the guts. Yeah, that's how you. That's his mentality for converting third downs. Mm. You know, that's yeah. Anyway, we don't want to go around in circles. <laughs> I think one of the biggest takeaway after the game is that Christian Ponder was activated. It says all you need to know about the game, really. Yeah. Well, it it tells you he's just a big tease. He activates him and then doesn't use him. Which I thought was pointless, really. You know, mm-hmm. the game is already out of reach. Why not bring Ponder in and give him a few reps? Yeah. And, you know, who knows? Maybe boost his trade value up as well. But it didn't happen. Um, no. Players-wise, we lost um, more players to the Everybody. injured reserve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, We're yeah. suiting up for the game this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, tackle dummies. <laughs> um yeah, we've um we've lost Jimmy Ward and Quinton Patton to the injured reserve list following Sunday's loss to Atlanta. Um I think Jimmy Ward's got a broken shoulder. Um so I mean I don't even know how many are on the injured reserve list now, but it Six does 
16. 16. You know, that's absolutely ridiculous. We, we are missing... We're missing mediocre players in every position now, as well as prime players in every position. Um, I know. We are, we, you know, I, we are going to be suiting up tackle dummies at this rate. Our roster looks like a who's who of who's never going to get drafted. Yeah, you know, it, it really does. It's completely bereft of any talent. I don't know depth in talent. Actually, I mean, having a wall of tackling dummies wouldn't be a bad idea. There'd be less holes in the um, run defence. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But it's saying something when our most marketable commodity is arguably Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, the the QB that was given how many, how many games to win and um, not a single one. But he's playing well. You know, that's... Yeah. I'm not saying Gabbert is a better quarterback than he is. I'm not. But clearly, Kaepernick can't get it done either. He's had enough games to prove it. So when that is your most solid attribute, you know the 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 one thing that you can say is um is a marquee player. I don't think they're exactly going to be lining around the block to sign him up either. Mm. And or Bowman, who I think would be danger close to calling it a day and retiring because his injuries are, are quite serious. Mm. You know, and he may not. He probably won't be the same player that comes back. I really hope that he does come back. And despite being half a step slower or whatever, that he still has a home, you know, with, with the Niners. But, you know, if you couldn't blame him for just thinking, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to call it a day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a mass exodus exactly two years ago when everybody just ran away after the season ended, mm. you know. That was the 8-8 eight eight season, wasn't it? The end of the 8-8 yeah. eight eight season. And we lost them. Yeah, we lost. I mean, that was the foundation for this. Now, we don't know if this is the very zenith of what that foundation was building or if there's more to come. I think it might take something even more worse to happen in order for something to get done because I think the ownership are in denial about how serious the issues are. Mm. I don't really think they think it's as bad as it actually is. Shall we touch on the fact that um, we haven't had any players um, vote? in jail? <laughs> <laughs> there's a positive. Yeah, there's a positive. Yeah. <laughs> Only because they're too inept to actually get caught for anything. <laughs> um, Pro Bowl. Uh, no, no 49ers players in the Pro Bowl this year. As things stand right now. Um, for the first time and I don't know how long. That speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? We did have two placed on the alternate list, however. So um, Hyde, I believe it was Hyde and Staley were sent as al- are sent, being sent as alternates. Mm. Yeah, they're, set, they're second reserves on the alternate list, yep. And it's the first time in 12 years we haven't sent anybody to the Pro Bowl. Kaepernick's not going to perform the national anthem. <laughs> oh wouldn't that be ironic <laughs> oh my but not every time I see Kaepernick with his pro coming out the bottom of his helmet <laughs> I do think that Chip has done a John Candy and like whacked his helmet on <laughs> from uh, um, Paul Runnings oh no stop it <laughs> Oh, I can just see that now. Oh, so bad, so so bad. Uh, yeah, so I mean, there we are. No, no one in the Pro Bowl. I mean, yeah, we've got alternates, but 
It's it's the also random. It's not the same. It's not. It's not the same. (laughs) Should we uh, should we lighten the mood and look at this upcoming game against the Rams instead? Yeah, let's do that. Uh (laughs) All right, Forty Niners are heading into the Coliseum in Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. The Niners lead the all-time series sixty-seven wins to sixty-four. There are three previous ties. The last meeting, of course. Who can forget it? Was a twenty-eight to zero win for the 49ers. That was in Week One of the 2016 season. It was also the 49ers' only win of the 2016 season so far. Uh, Niners have won the last two meetings. Niners have won the last nine games against the Rams in LA. When was the last game in LA, though? Can anyone tell me that? Mm, good question. Late eighties. Ninety-four. No, it was before that. I'd say 90... Yeah, I'd say about 94. I'd, I'd agree with Kev. About 94. Early to mid-90s. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly in a minute. Okay. You, you, go in there, you go and find that information then for us, Kev. Uh, the Rams themselves lost 24-3 to the Seattle Seahawks last week on Thursday Night Football. It's the eighth time this season that they've scored 10 or less points. Can't see that happening this week somehow. So, the question that we seem to ask before every game, can the 49ers go in and win this one? Right. So, I found out, Deep Africa and me were right. It was 94. They moved to St. Louis for the 95 season. There we go. So, 94. Okay. Now get back to the question that I asked. (laughs) Can can (laughs) the 49ers... Yes, we can win, and I've got a theory about this. Oh. Oh, we love a theory. So, if we look at the... Terrible, terrible people from the state of Texas. They've <laughs> only lost two. <laughs> two games this season. Yeah. Both of them were against the Giants. I can see us only winning two games this season, both of them being against the Rams. Therefore, we will win this week. <laughs> Sound theory. Kev, that is so scientific, <laughs> my mind is blown. <laughs> You, you've I'm exactly re- the same theory. Yeah. Both of you. So you colluded in this crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what, guys? Go and put all your money on the 49ers to win. Based on what Rob and Kev have just said, the 49ers are going to win this one by a mile. <laughs> Deepak, bring in some sanity, please. Um, well, I don't know how sane this is. Can we win? I believe we can, actually. Um... Will we? It's a different story. Yeah. It all depends on how, how badly the players want it, I think. And, uh, and I really think the players, just as much as we do, want this season finished and over now. You know, they probably want it over more than we do. Um, the Rams themselves have just lost their coach. I don't know. I, I think what we're going to have is another really frustrating game where you've got two really awful teams that have even forgotten that they're rivals as well, mm. you know, because normally this would be an edge of your seat, rivalry game, rivalry game, and nobody really cares anymore. You know, it's like us not getting fired up for a game against the Cowboys. It's reached that level. Yeah. So can we win? Yes. Will we win? It depends on, on how badly the players want it. If, if the players want it, then I think we've, we've got it. You know, we've got certain components in place that we could beat the Rams, you know, mm. uh, because they're mentally broken right now. Uh, but I think we're going to find another really frustrating Christmas Eve. And um, I think 
I want it over too. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, you got to believe in Christmas miracles. I think we can manage to do what we did in the last game of last season and kick a winning field goal with two minutes and 39 seconds left in overtime. Mm. So this one's going all the way to overtime then, you think? So that for a 3-0 win. <laughs> for a 3-0 win. <laughs> Here's the thing. The 49ers, the 49ers win against the Rams at the beginning of the season. The Rams were... The Rams didn't turn up for the game, did they? They were in turmoil themselves with different training stadiums and everything. And I don't think they'd actually got into the Coliseum at that point. So they were in a mess. Are they in a similar kind of mess right now with the departure of Jeff Fisher and that that sort of led to the score in the Seattle game? Or is the Seattle game just Seattle playing the way they do in the Rams being the 49ers level of diabolical? Yes. Bit of, yeah. <laughs> More in-depth analysis from Kev. <laughs> I think it's a bit of both, and I also think that Seattle's margin of victory over ours, over us, will be considerably bigger than their margin of victory over the Rams. So I, I, I'm actually preempting that Seattle are going to annihilate us in the last game of the season. I can I can see the Seattle game having, or I can I can see the Seattle 49ers game having more of a rivalry feel for Seattle than the Seattle versus Rams game did and I don't know I don't know whether I'm saying that Seattle maybe took it easy on the Rams because they knew they had the win anyway but well I think our our fan base has evolved quite a bit and I think if you did a straw poll on the majority of them I'd say 80% of them hate Seattle more than they hate the Rams you know mm. I think it's less of a rivalry game for the Rams than it is for the Seahawks I think most of our fans would would see the Seattle game as the as the rivalry game, yeah. You know, and it's never never been that way, you know. Well, it and be that way. I think a lot of that is attributed to the Rams have been irrelevant the last few years. You know, just as yeah, irrelevant as challenge. we've been. Yeah. <laughs> I would also say that I don't think it's so much the Seattle that the the eighty percent of the Forty ers fans hate Seattle as much. It's just Pete Carroll and Sherman. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah. I think by the time you play the Seahawks, they may have already clinched the number two seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well... Carol like Carol likes to run up the score though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You know, he, he does. He, he does. He's well, going to go for it. Me. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's see if the 49ers are in the pick six by bringing in Kev, who uh, Kev, give us a rundown on what's happened this week and what we've got to look forward to in the next few days. Okay, so week 15 was another pick six happy week. Seven people managed to get the full pick six. So we had Bonnie Lynn McClory, Lauren Eric Ortega, Mark Court, Mark Nowley, Mike Graff, Valerie Cobb Kirby, and some no hope called Paul McDonald. Sorry, say that last name Who's again. That? Sorry, I didn't hear that one. Say that again. I think some no hope called Paul McDonald might have got a pick six as well. One more the time. Six ties last week. One more time, just so you. <laughs> it, do you know what? I was watching the games thinking, am I actually, am I actually getting through? I had to check how many I had going through the games, <laughs> trying to figure out which three I'd got. It's like, hang on, I've yeah. got five so far. 
You got but, yeah. two weeks. You got two weeks worth in the same week, Paul. Yes. You got two yeah. lots of three at the same time. You got do, you know, the do, you know, do you know what that means this week? Though I'm getting zero. No donuts this week. Come on. <laughs> We, 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 we got to have our pride as hosts. Come on. Just for the <laughs> It was a high-scoring week all round. Yeah. So Kat, Deepak, and Brian all got five. And Rob and myself got three. And three was the lowest score that anybody got this week. So it was a fairly high-scoring week. <laughs> that is actually high. For the, for the least to be three, that's very good. Yeah. We have a knowledgeable so- fan base. Or Just not the easier games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they're picking easy games. We should right. Right. <laughs> so overall, it your way. <laughs> Mark Court is now two points clear of the chasing pack on fifty-seven, with Andrew Ifold and Mark Leon on fifty-five, and then there's a whole batch of people on fifty-four on fifty-four points. Brian has fifty-one. Deepak and Kat have 49. Rob has 48. Paul has 47. And I'm back on 36. So that wraps it up after week 15. So moving on to week 16. The uh, six games that have been picked this week are the Vikings at the Packers, the Falcons at the Panthers, the Cardinals at the Seahawks, the 49ers at the Rams. All of those are Saturday games because we've got mainly Saturday kickoffs this week. And then we've got the Ravens at the Steelers and the Broncos at the Chiefs, which are Sunday games. We'll move into game one, and it's the Vikings at the Packers. So, Paul. Okay, the Vikings at the Packers, heading to Lambeau. Very similar records, these two teams, but I'm going to give it home field advantage for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, I think. Okay, Deepak. Yeah, big game. It's another rivalry game in that division. I'm going to give the nod to Green Bay. Hey, Kat. I'm going to go Green Bay too. And Rob. I'm going Packers as well. Any guesses what I've gone for? A tie. Yeah. A tie. No, I've gone for the Vikings. <laughs> okay, moving on to game two. Got the Falcons at the Panthers. Deepak. Ooh, that's another rivalry game, isn't it? Um, are they all rivalries this um, week? Are they, are they um, all divisional games this week? All the ones we that have been picked for this week are. There are yeah. a couple of games overall that aren't rivalry ga- oh, aren't right, divisional right. games this week. Next week, all the games are divisional games. Um, so, was it Carolina and Atlanta? Carolina. In, in Atlanta in Carolina. or Carolina? Uh, do you know, I think the Falcons are due to lose one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Okay, Kat. Mm, I don't know. Carolina's been coming up, but Atlanta's still pretty strong. I'm going to go Atlanta. Okay, Rob. I'm going to go with Deepak and go with Carolina because I want Tampa to win that division. <laughs> okay, Paul. It's first against worst in the NFC South. Carolina just haven't been the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year. They've been so off it's been unreal I'm going to split this one down the middle so it's going to be two picks each so far I'm going the Atlanta Falcons with Kat so Paul and Kat you're doomed because I've got (laughs) the Falcons oh no Uh, game three the Cardinals at the Seahawks Kat oh do I have to pick this one 
I really, I honestly, I want to pick the Cardinals, but I just think the Seahawks are going to win. I think they're going to just mop the floor with them. So you're going with Seahawks. Ugh. Yep. Rob. I'm going to have to follow suit and go with the Seahawks. Okay, Paul. Seattle are the only team that are above 500 in the NFC West. Arizona are five and eight. I'm going to have to go with the guys and. Uh, Pete Carroll's going to be singing Christmas carols in Seattle. Deepak, where is it? Is it in Seattle? Yeah, or it's in, in Seattle. Yeah. yeah, it's in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Seahawks will win it easy, quite easily. Okay, so I reckon that this one is going to be my tie of the week. They're going to carry on drawing with each other as they did in the first game they played this season. And they're going to have uh, two ties against each other for the season. <laughs> That'd be a win for everybody, I think. Yeah, it would. Okay, game four is the 49ers at the Rams. And that's 49ers picks for everybody then, okay? But, yep. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to believe in Christmas miracles and take the 49ers. Okay, Paul. Yep, 49ers. Deepak. Christmas miracles too. I think we'll win 3 2. <laughs> you guys are so cute. This is my tie. Oh! I'm picking a tie. 10 10. Mark it down. Okay. And the 49ers and the Rams have a history of tying as well, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes. They didn't, couldn't quite manage it in the last game last season, could they? Mm. Two minutes and 39 seconds from the golden nail on. <laughs> You're never going <laughs> to let that one go, are you? No. no never. <laughs> okay, game five, the Ravens at the Steelers. Paul. Okay, Pittsburgh are just ahead of the Ravens in the AFC North. Where is the game? It's in Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give home field advantage to Big Ben over Joe Flacco. So, Pittsburgh win. Okay, Rob. I'm going to take the Ravens to sweep the Steelers this year. Okay, Kat. I'm going to stick with home field in the Steelers. Deeper. Uh, this is a really fierce rivalry. This would be one of the better games to watch, actually, because they hate each other so much. Even though it's in Pittsburgh, I think anything could happen. But when Joe Flacco is your quarterback, not much will. So I think the Steelers will win this. So Rob will be a happy man as the only person to pick the Ravens, because I've gone for the Steelers as well. Uh, in the bank, then. <laughs> so, on to game six. The Broncos at the Chiefs. Uh, Cat. Oh, gosh. This is... Talk about bitter rivalry. Um, well, I... They're pretty evenly matched. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to stick with the home field advantage. Okay. Deepak. Yeah, same as Cat. Bitter, bitter rivalry. Kansas City at home are formidable, so uh, I think the Chiefs have got enough to do it. Paul? You can't add anything. Then Cat and Deepak have already added. Home field advantage win as well for me, Kansas. Rob? Yeah, I'm going to have to go along with that, the Chiefs, because I've got the running game to do it. Okay, and you'll all be pleased to know that I've gone for the Chiefs as well. So we have a, a full sweep across the board agreement on the last game. So, does anybody want to change their mind on any of the games? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No flip Spent enough time on this. <laughs> oh, no. No, they are, not changing they are our picks, and they are staying our picks. 
Okay, so that wraps it up for the pick six for week 16. And that pretty much wraps it up for this show as well. Um, as we've said, the 49ers are playing on Saturday. Uh, kickoff, actually, what time is the kickoff here in the UK? 4.25. So that's going to be 9.25 in the evening here in the UK, Christmas Eve. So uh, once all the Christmas presents have been wrapped and placed under the tree... Go and get the mince pie and the carrot and all that that you put out for Santa, you know, for, for the kids. And uh, enjoy the football. Guys, from all of us, have a very, very Merry Christmas. Um, and a Merry Christmas to all you guys, uh, Rob, Deepak, Kev and Kat as well. Um, I hope you all have a really, really good Christmas. We're going to be back after Christmas to review the Rams debacle and look forward to the Seattle debacle, whichever way it goes. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode of the show. So thank you to audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to James Little, Mark Line, Cat Victorino, Andrew Mitchell, Graham Ross, and Rob for all the work that you guys do on the group and behind the scenes on the show as well. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook, search the Frequency49 show. There will be a game day thread on Saturday, um, but if you can't come along, family and all that, completely understand it. Um, I say, hope you have a really, really Merry Christmas. It's time to say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. everyone. Goodbye, Merry Christmas. Bye. On behalf of Kat, Rob, Kev and Deepak, I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.